another live cast pop-up event from Nimsy Insights. Today I have a new victim with me, Gabriel Karen Dysovsky. Gabriel Karen Dysovsky is the CECOO, I should say, Chief Operating Officer of Nimsy Insights, but you wear many hats here at Nimsy Insights. And um, you're going to come on today and to talk about localization project management and specifically what are hiring managers looking for in localization project management and we're just giving in a second right now to make sure that all of the, the live streams are are going live we are coming to you today on facebook linkedin um facebook linkedin twitter instagram all of that stuff, and we're doing something fun today. We are actually hosting this in Twitter Spaces, which is why you see here in the middle, and right here in the middle of me and Gabriel, we have this lovely screen, um, Twitter Spaces. And what this allows us to do, it's like Clubhouse, except for Twitter. So I've been doing a lot of cool stuff on Clubhouse recently, and it's a lot of fun because people can join in, they can come up on stage, and Twitter Spaces is basically the same. So if, if you have something to add, if you have some value to add for our listeners, or if you have some questions about the data that we're going to talk about today, or a question for me or Gabriel, then by all means, join in the conversation, just go over to Twitter, and you'll be able to see Nimsy going live in the room right there. So... Gabriel, I want to um, give you a chance to introduce yourself and tell, tell everybody a little bit about what you're doing, and also tell people a little bit about what we're doing as far as hiring and looking for new people here at NIMSI, because um, that's the subject of today, so it'll, it only makes sense. Um, take it away, sir. Yeah, absolutely. Um, pretty excited to be here with you, Tucker, today. Um, and my name is Gabriel. And I'm the Chief Operating Officer at NIMSI Insights. Um, what does that mean in a market research and consulting company is practically making sure the trains run on time so that we are delivering the market research, the reports, the or practically what clients need on time um, and according to their requirements. So that also entails uh, leading a team of writers and researchers. Um, and it's to me like CEO is also just a fancy synonym for project manager. And this is a topic that is very near and dear to me. Um, and yeah, I guess I could talk on, about this for hours on end, right? And uh, it, it also is it's very relevant for us at the moment because I feel like it never stops our search for talented people. Um, so I guess this is a shout out for any any. Uh, project managers out there who would be willing to to join a fabulous team of people. So, yeah, that's the little pop up right there. Yeah, and I'm ex I'm excited because with, with the hiring here at Nimsy Insights, and if if you do have questions about that, if you want to join, if you're interested in joining, we've got part time, we got full time, we got contractor, we got we got all sorts of different stuff available. I highly encourage you to go. Check it out um, on the website or reach out. Reach out directly to Gabriel. Reach out directly to info at nimsy.com, whatever it may be. But without further ado, let's let's get right in here because I want to start talking about the data. Once again, we're trying this live on Twitter Spaces today. So come on, join. We, we, it looks like a pretty empty, empty room right now. Hopefully by the end of this live stream, we're going to get some more people in there. But without further ado, let's jump right into the subject here. And this was, this whole thing came about. I want to give props where props are due because this whole thing came about thanks to a LinkedIn post from our, our colleague and friend, Libor Safar, um, over in Brno. He's, he's your neighbor. He's over in Brno with you, is he not, Gabriel? Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. In the same city, but. yeah, we used to work on, um, we used to work at, at RWS together and had a lot of fun together. Mm -hmm. I know Libor was always encouraging everybody to get out there and post, post, uh, write stuff for Multilingual Magazine, just to write stuff to do webinars and stuff like that. He's an excellent marketing manager. And I, if you're not, mm -hmm. by the way, if, if you're not following Libor on LinkedIn, you owe it to yourself to go do that because he's putting out some good stuff pretty much every day. He's 
he's, he's crushing it on LinkedIn. Like the stuff that he's doing is super high value. So go follow him um, immediately. And here's the post from, from Libor, where I thought it was super interesting because what Libor did is go through and look at some of the job openings for top companies out there, for Skillshare, DoorDash, Facebook, uh, TripAdvisor, and people that are hiring uh, localization project managers. And he looked at who was requiring English or fluent in a second language as a, as a um, requirement to get a job. And Gabriel, I'm, I'm a native English speaker, so I don't, I'm not allowed to have an opinion on this. But I, I wanted to talk to you about why is this important, first of all, before we get into the data, just some anecdotal. What has your experience been when hiring someone? Is it important when looking for a localization project manager that they fully understand another language or not? What do you think? Yeah, I, I, would, I would think so. Um, to me, it's, it's in the realms of uh, almost something you take for granted. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's sort of among those base requirements almost to me to the point where I don't even notice it any anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for the extras almost, mm-hmm. um, what, the, what the person can do. Um, I think from our perspective and, you know, just putting on the European hat here, um, it's, it's been repeated ad nauseum. And for for certain generations, like millennials, as millennials, it's a, it's a given that we needed to learn a different language and adopt a different language. Um, and these days, I would say, like people don't even notice if you speak, you know, English. It's not, you know, it's not even any kind of positive. It's just you need it. It's kind of expected. It's like putting yeah. it's like putting in your resume, like excellent communicator or good with Microsoft Office Suite. It's like, yay, <laughs> good for you. Exactly. But like you're not getting any, any brownie point. Oh gosh, I said I wasn't allowed to talk about this because I'm a native English speaker, but here I am flapping <laughs> my gums. But yeah, and that kind of, you know, puts the, what's the expression? You know, it, it, it makes us, like people like me that are native English speakers, kind of puts us at, it simultaneously it gives us an advantage and it gives us a disadvantage. I think it gives us an advantage because we speak English, mm. which is which is a popular language to speak in in the world. It's the language of business, right? And so it definitely gives us an advantage there. But it takes away an advantage here be, when hiring for a localization project manager if people are going to um, if that's something that's important to hiring managers. Like, like it says here, um, it puts us at a disadvantage. So let's go through the list. So Skillshare, hiring for a localization project manager, says you are fluent in English and at least one more language. So to your point, Gabriel, that was, you know, English is the prerequisite. DoorDash, fluent in two or more languages. Localization manager is a nice to have. So it's nice to have. Um, not required not required. I've never not hired someone because they they didn't speak enough languages. But then again, I don't know how many people that I've interviewed in this industry that don't speak multiple languages. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's almost like the right? Like we're in the localization business in the language industry and uh, somehow I I haven't come across anyone not speaking at least English, but it's 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 almost like uh, you, you take it again as as normal that if you're in this in this business that you're open to languages you're probably speaking more than just one language your native one and plus english um so yeah 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 let's go back to the list here facebook localization manager preferred qualifications so under preferred qualifications they say bilingual in english and a foreign language and TripAdvisor, fluency in multiple non-English language is a strong advantage. And Libor, well, like I said, go follow Libor, um, sparked a, a strong conversation here. As you can see, I've this is me with the, the multilingual in front of my face here, in case you don't recognize me. Um, 
I definitely participated in this conversation and I, I remembered Gabriel that we had some data on this. So I, I slapped, slapped some data together on this and the, the one that I posted on LinkedIn isn't, <laughs> isn't great. There's actually, there's actually an error there in one of the titles because I just threw it together. But, um, I did slap them into a deck really quickly. Let me see if I can pull that up here <laughs> for us to go through today. So high demand skills for localization project managers. And once again, if you're just joining us on, on the live stream, then come on over to Twitter. And if you're on Twitter, come on over to Twitter and join us in the spaces. Uh, it's, it's an empty space. We got Nika in there as a speaker. Um, so before we go forward, hey, Nika, how's it going? Hey guys, it's going well. Hey! Just listening, and this is my first time joining a space. Me, this is my I've never second. been in a clubhouse um, event before either, so you've it's never like my been. first time. This is your first time. Well, this is my first time. There's, there's a lot of firsts here today. There's a lot of firsts here. There's a lot of firsts here. So, hey, if you have something to add, then um, feel free to jump in. I've made you a speaker. I brought you up on stage, and anybody nice. else that wants to come in can do that too. So, yeah, so I had to enable the microphone in my settings for the app. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, I think I'll stay quiet for now. Maybe chime in at the end. All right, all right. Stay, stay quiet for now. Let's. We're going to get into the data. So yeah. if, you, if you are listening to this as a podcast or, or whatever format you're listening to it, we're showing some data up here on screen right now. Um, and to start off with, how easy or difficult is it to get budget for each of the following? And I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this, but we have the first graph here that, that we start off with is um, budget for hiring new localization team members. And it's right in the middle of all of these different tier. And the, the methodology of this, what, what this looks like is it's a survey-based data collection. So we've asked hiring manager type people at uh, either in LSPs or in Viresite uh, localization programs, um, how, how easy is it to get budget? And we see here, it's not always, it's not like you can just go ask for budget. It's not like you can just go hire people. And the point that I like to make here is that it's a big decision. Before I, I've been a hiring manager for a very long time. Gabriel, you've been a hiring manager for a very long time. So I think you can probably um, empathize here that you don't want to screw yeah. it up because it's a lot easier to hire someone than it is to let them go if you made the wrong choice. True. Right? And I keep making you freeze. I'm so sorry, Gabriel. Let me bring you back there. No worries. There you go. Like I said, lots of first here today. So before you get into it, you really want to make a, the right decision. Um, really want to make sure that all of your ducks are in a row. Another another data point here is how long does it take to fully train project managers? And I'm actually I'm actually surprised by this data because I would have oh, yeah. thought yeah, I would have thought it, it would have taken people more time. And what you see here is that the vast majority, well, not the vast majority, the plurality, mm -hmm. I, I should say, 25% of people of hiring managers say that it takes less than 1 month to fully train and onboard uh, a localization project manager. And what, what do you think about that, Gabriel? Yeah, well, it's, 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 I, I actually, yeah. Yeah, actually, to me, this makes sense because think about it this way um, your hiring requirements for uh, project managers are probably stringent. So you have a, there's a high bar to clear for candidates, mm -hmm. and you're already going through that filter of selecting the right candidate. Okay. And so that's one thing. On, on the other side of, of the spectrum is that you cannot really afford to wait six months to fully train a project manager, right? You're obviously, you're hiring because of a need probably, um, and you cannot afford the time to wait until he's fully onboarded. So there's always a tight kind of intensive period at the beginning where you train them up. So between, you know, going through and separating the, the wheat from the chaff, so to speak, you already supposedly and and hopefully for you you already have some the good candidate and the the onboarding time will be all that much quicker for him so to me it actually is not that surprising um, the contrary would be yeah that's um okay well shows what do i know 
right? It just seems to me that one month is is not a lot of time to to fully train a project manager. And that's you know, if there's people out there doing it, then kudos. We also had some data that I don't have it prepared here, but data on what kind of training programs people have in in their localization programs, because I know a lot of people, uh, a lot of programs out there, both fireside and client side, or fireside and vendor side have put a lot of effort into really making sure that that um, they're onboarding people in a scalable way, in a repeatable way, I should say. So knowledge-based. Mm -hmm. You've done a lot of that here at Gabriel, or at, at NIMSI, right? Gabriel, as a COO, you put together knowledge-based onboarding package, mm -hmm. all of that stuff. Let's, yeah. yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's part and parcel of it. You you don't want to be among those who take six months to onboard someone for sure. Um, you want to make it quicker. At the same time, uh, and you want to make it scalable. Scalable. That's that's for sure. And at the same time, I like to kind of insist on the human element of it. And even if you're automating this to some extent and have the materials for that person to to pick up on and training, I I still like to hand hold them you know hold their hands for a while and just go through the process manually to some extent and go over the things sort of also as a as an exercise and remembering what it is that we do and how we do it and kind of checking back on old materials you know there's also a way of improving the stuff that was valid a few months ago right. but it, it also you know kind of in, in, in introduces the human elements uh, to it and you're already building that relationship but you're a new hire from the from the where he started so it's not just only about the videos and trainings and whatnot that you probably have yeah and on that note one of my favorite things to do of course is that when when we um sorry got distracted there for a second when to hire someone and if you don't have training material for them i think that's a great task to give uh, a new hire like if, when you hire a project manager say look like here's the training material we do have and here's frankly a shit ton of files and videos exactly go clean it up right and it, yeah it's kind of like crap work to do your first day on the job but if you have a positive attitude and i try to hire project managers with a positive attitude like it's a great task to be doing because as you're as you're doing that as you're running through um all of that stuff, organizing it, listening to the stuff, trying mm -hmm. to um, organize the company's thoughts, organize that institutional knowledge. What you're doing is you're reinforcing your own knowledge, essentially, and mm -hmm. one of the best things that can happen to you. Yeah, it's, it's also a good mechanism to give responsibility early to, to the person, giving him something that uh, also builds his, his knowledge of the way things work, but also... Um, you're trusting him to do something which he probably doesn't know much about uh, reorganizing whatever it is or writing documentation and such but it it goes to to giving you know you show trust and and you give responsibility i think that's a good thing 100 percent agree moving on how does he, eh, i don't want to talk about this this is for another thing here where where am I? I i have way too much i did not organize my data Included? Did, did I even open the right presentation here? Um, these are all for. How much influence do internal teams have on localization strategy? Here we go. Here's what I want to talk about: supplier side localization teams and client side localization teams. Sorry, we had to get through some other graphs there. Maybe we'll talk about those on on another live stream. All right, getting into the details here. My main takeaway from this, and I know Gabriel, you and I have both um, had a chance to look at this, and this this data all comes from um, surveys. We do ongoing research here at MT Insights. We're constantly talking to people in, in the industry, both buyer side, vendor side, um, hiring managers, non-hiring managers. We talk to everybody. It's just what we do. We also do a lot of survey-based research. Uh, we try not to be that research company, though, that's just bugging you every month with surveys. So if you have before filled out a survey from NIMSI Insights, then thank you very much, Midasse P. Um, I don't know why I just said Midasse P. Gracias. I'm trying to speak different languages here. Um, but I hope you haven't seen a lot of surveys from, from NIMSI because that means that we're not bugging.
asking everybody in the industry about this. So that's where this data come from, a little bit about the methodology here. Let's go through it here. What skills to look for when hiring a localization project manager starting on the supplier site here? And once again, these are rated on a scale of zero to five, with five, oops, with five being um, very important, like we definitely need the skill, and zero being not important at all. And we see previous total experience in all industries comes in at about 3.6. We have a previous localization experience, specifically localization experience, all types. So that means I don't care where you came from, I don't care who you work for. It's uh, you know, a little bit higher, 3.6. So this shows, and this is consistent, by the way, across um, client, client side and vendor side. Let me just go over here so people can see my graph. Um, it's consistent against client side and vendor side. Uh, we have previous client side client side localization experience um, comes in below that. So this answers the question of, do I need experience specifically on the client side if I want to apply for certain jobs on the client side? And what we see here is really no, you don't. Um, according to the data, that is not something that's taken into account. Which surprised me. Did that surprise you, Gabriel? Because in my experience, there seems to be kind of a, a riff between vendor side, client side, and there seems to be this perception that there's a lot of tasks. The, the task, the skill set doesn't overlap. What do you think about that? I, I, I don't necessarily agree there. Uh, I, I think the kind of baseline should be any type of experience in localization, since it's it's a fairly complex industry, right, with a with a lot of specificities. But it, it to me, you know, any kind of experience in localization, whether client side or buyer side, is is good enough. Um, the problems are or the challenges are are probably the same. There are different shades of the same workflow and the same technology that you use. Uh, and uh, no, that doesn't doesn't strike me as anything surprising there. Um, that being said, though, <laughs> there I, I do agree that there may be this kind of perception that you know the the way buyers do things are different from LSPs and or let's say the service provider side of things. And people who have been on the service provider side of things may have a bit bad rap just due to due to the nature of you know we're we're providing the service and we're practically selling to you. So there may be elements of that and a little bit of... I think it's like a, a Napoleon complex a lot of times on, on the, what we call the vendor side, right? It's like, oh, I'm not, I'm not worthy of working on the client side because the vendor mm -hmm. side folks are serving. They're, they're in a position of servitude towards the client side yeah. people. So like their whole existence is based around this, the reality that... Um, like we're not we're not on the same level as you yeah and that's difficult to share right isn't it um, yeah yeah it, it's tough it's tough there's no easy answer because you know what i like what i what i've been doing for the last few years here at nimsy is i've had the opportunity to talk to people on both sides of the aisle so to speak mm -hmm. a lot and being someone who used to have that perception that there wasn't a ton of overlap between the client side and the vendor side. I'm, I'm reevaluating that because I've seen some people make that jump and some of the clients that we work with over, um, over at big localization buyers have people from the vendor side that came over and they're, they're, they're crushing it and they're, they're, they're killing it. And I highly recommend to have at least one person on your team. If, if you are running globalization for a, a large, large brand program, have somebody from the vendor side, somebody with experience, not someone who like did an internship at We Localize. Nothing against We Localize. It's an alma mater of mine, great company. Um, but get someone with some experience from the vendor side because here's what they bring to the table, I, I believe. And that is they've seen how a lot of different clients do it. They see how a lot of different brands do it. So if, if I serve, I'm just gonna pull some companies out here. If, if I work at Google, let's say I work at Google, a local globalization program and Google Globalization Manager, and um, I've worked there for five years. I have five years worth of experience. I am very, very, very good, very, very knowledgeable about how Google does 
localization. And I've never worked for Google. I've never worked on a Google account before. I, I don't know. Even if I did, I couldn't say, right? Um, knowing knowing Google. But um, if I work for a, a on the vendor side, maybe I worked on the Google account. Maybe I worked on the Facebook account. Maybe I worked on the Microsoft account. Maybe I worked on the, you know, fill in the blanks of Fortune 500 companies or different companies if, if you're going after a different niche. And so you have insight into how all of these different companies do it. And right, Gabriel, when we talk to, to yeah. buyers, that's what they want to know, right? Like how how are other companies doing it? Tell us about how we're helping people with that. Shameless plug time. Uh, yes. So we, we do have a running series of, uh, of publications at NIMSI called the Lessons in Localization, where we talk to buyer-side organizations about uh, the way they're set up, what it is that they do. And I, I think it's, it's kind of stemming from a need that we have of trying to get a sense where how, how are we doing? How do we compare against others? And how can we benchmark it, what, what we do, or even, you know, steal ideas almost from others? So um, there is that. And to your point, I, I think, Tucker, and, and, and what I would add is, I think what is extremely valuable is perspective. Uh, a lot of the times we are set in, in, in a way of doing things a certain process, a certain workflow, and, and you need that kind of reality check or someone who challenges that every once in a while. Right. Um, and that comes through, you know, you hire someone new, someone from the outside who, who's maybe coming from a different, you know, from the vendor side, uh, working on different clients in different industries. He's been exposed to other tech than that the one you're using. And, and to me, that is just, you just need that perspective, that outside influence every now and then that keeps you kind of, avoids you stagnating almost, mm -hmm. I would say. Mm -hmm. Let's go back to that. We got, we got some stuff to get through here. And I, I don't know how long you got here, Gabriel, but I know I have some meetings after this. Um, college degree. College degree ranks pretty darn high on here, like second or third on the list. Um, if, if we want to stank rank this, I'm not sure. Okay. Let's go on college degree ranks pretty darn high. Let's go on to the next one though. And that's this red bar here for those of you that are following along at home, um, on LinkedIn, Twitter, whatever, wherever you are. Um, the next one, this green one here, college degree focusing on localization and you might not be able to see this. So I'll get rid of me and Gabriel, our fat heads here. Um, college degree focusing on localization, not so important, not so important, almost, you know, 0. 0.6 points below. So if college degree comes in, people are ranking that on an average of 3.6, let's say out of five people are ranking a college degree focusing on localization as probably like a three, 3.1. So less important. And that's on the, the client side, but the vendor side, as, as we're seeing here, it, it follows very closely. They follow very closely to each other. What, what do you have to say about that, Gabriel? Um, have you worked with people yeah. with localization degrees? It's kind of a new thing because back when it I is, got started, it, it didn't exist. Yeah, it is. I, I mean, there's probably stuff out there, right? But um, to me, what I would be looking at is at the, the sum of experiences of that person and from the different companies and the different roles he has played, what more than more than the, the degree, I mean, the degree is nice and all it gives you a theoretical basis, right, for for doing your work for performing your job. But uh, I would I, I would rate higher the the actual experiences of that person and looking for an eclectic array of skills and going back to my previous point about outside perspective um, yeah, if you know this is where I, I kind of step away from the data but I feel like the the, uh, the the sum of experiences and the different things the, the the people have been able to do and even if they haven't been a project manager but doing something completely else that that to me is, Kind of piques my curiosity more than let's say a degree on project management i don't know if such a thing exists but right yeah 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 and we anybody in in the twitter spaces come on up oh we scared you away i think we're scaring a lot of people away because i put this recording 
because typically when I've tried to test Twitter spaces before, like, it's been really, I was complaining to Nika, Nika, I think I was talking to you about this the other day, it's been really hard to, like, test how to use Twitter spaces, because as soon as I create a Twitter space, like, five people come join. So I think pro tip out there is if you put recording in the title of your Twitter space, no one's going to have the guts to come stick around. You know, I don't know. Uh, you some you just sometimes you just gotta dive in, you know. You just gotta dive yeah, in. That's, what, we, that's, what, that's yeah. what we're doing. That's what we're that's doing. What you're doing. That's what we're doing. So if so don't be scared. Yeah. Oh, and, and another thing for those of you that are watching this on LinkedIn, like let's be clear, these are pop up live, but they live on LinkedIn afterwards. So if you're watching this, leaving comments in in the chat, which by the way I don't see any yet, but you can leave comments in the chat, and we're not answering them. Probably because we're not live anymore. You're probably watching the recorded video. So I'll just leave that note for posterity here. Getting back over here. Uh, next, hiring certifications such as PMO, Project Management Organization, Scrum, etc. These come in very, very, very low. This is by, by far the lowest here. This is this dark blue bar for those of you that are watching. And it's coming in, oh, I'd say around 2.4 about 2.4 out of 5. So that's like, that's an F. If you stop and think about it, like if an F grade is 60% or below, and it was when I was in high school, I think, then it's getting an F. Why? Why, Gabriel, don't people care about certifications like PMO, Scrum certification, Six Sigma, that kind of stuff? It's, I think it's nice to have, but it's, it's not a deal breaker. Um, I would all, all, you know, this is just perception, but I would say, you know, people don't necessarily know what to associate to all of these acronyms. That, that might be the case as well. Like, hi, that, Kaori. You know, I just have to say hi to Kaori really quickly. She joined. Raise your hand. I'll bring you up as a speaker if you want to come give your input. Sorry, Gabriel. Yeah, no worries. Uh, so there's, I think there's that element. Um, how about hijacking this a little bit? So the data tells us that it's the experiences that are important. It's not the, it's not necessarily the college degree or the, uh, or the certifications you have. How about the intangibles here? Because I feel those rates fairly high, right? Don't they? Like if if you're looking at it, um, what's your take on that? Like hiring, you know, not based on uh, the languages you speak. We talked about that at the beginning, but maybe at the kind of, you know really the, the things you cannot measure by a degree or, or a certification. It's hard because like the nice thing about a college degree is like it's black and white. You either have one or you don't. Like hiring for subjective skills is very hard. You've got to be a really good interviewer. But we brought Kaori up on stage. What are your thoughts, Kaori? Have you been following along? Hi. No, just, just, just joined here. Nice. I was listening. Yeah. It's good to have you. It's good to have you. I was quite curious about this space because it's first time, first time to be there. Yeah, so yeah. this is our first time doing it legitimately. Nika too. We've got Nika, myself, and Gabriel are hiding behind the Nimsy logo here, um, which we shouldn't be doing. Hi, Carrie. Yes. What are, What are your thoughts, Carrie? You tell us a little bit about your company. You run um, French Japonais. Japon you have a really cool name of your company. I just can't remember it right now. Tell us a little bit about it. <laughs> yes, World Connections. World yes. Connections, okay. We, yes, World Connections. We are based in France, but we deal with Japanese translation. <laughs> it's a bit of a strange combination, it, I suppose. It's an interesting niche. And Kaori, you and I have been working together since we're starting about, we're talking about getting hired as a localization project manager in, in this industry. And this yeah. is fitting that you pop up here because you were one of the first, you probably don't know, real, remember this, you were one of the first people I ever worked with in localization because you were, <laughs> is this yes, yeah. you, this is Tucker, yeah, you were one yes, of I our go-to French translation agencies at my very first job in, in localization. That was oh, like, I'm not going to even say how many decades ago it was because I don't want to date us. Yes, I... 
I clearly remember you. Nice. <laughs> That's why we we been connected on Facebook and everywhere. Yeah, yeah, we're connected yeah, on Facebook, so but we, we don't talk. So, so what do you look for when when you're looking to hire a project manager? What are some of the things that you look for? Oh, project manager, we just hired one. Oh, congratulations! <laughs> you're growing. Yes, we just hired one. Yeah, so it's quite difficult to to find one actually. Yeah. It, it is. It is very difficult yeah. to to find mm -hmm. a project manager. Um, Gabriel. Yes. I'm sorry, Gary. So, so what made you pick that project manager? Let's use this as a case study for people that are listening. Um, people that are potentially um, applying for PM roles. Like, what should they? What key things should they highlight in their resume and in their interviews? Yes, I, I think we looked for qualification, and we finally found that person who's got um, a project management degree mm -hmm. that was um, that was uh, I think the important key for us really because we hired uh, previously uh, some some people has no background of project management and it took us a long time to train them right. and almost like three months yeah well, it was a really long time so the and certification was yes. it PMO certification specifically? Sorry to interrupt. Yes, yes, it's a project management. Right. Um, this new person has, but uh, previously we hired like people has translation, master in translation, and some you know voice training, actor and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it wasn't really you know um, it took a long long time for for them to learn. Yeah, and th that's one of the the um, challenges about hiring for a project manager for localization is what brings people to our industry, which oftentimes is a love of language, a love of travel, a multicultural aspect. And, I mean, let's just, like, we're kind of artsy-fartsy, right? Like, we, we're kind of into the language and the culture and stuff. We're not into the spreadsheets. Like, we're not a bunch of accountants, if that makes sense. Um, we're people that went to school and made a decision to take classes to learn other languages, to learn how to translate. A lot of people, a lot of people in very high positions in this industry started out as translators. Yes, that's right. Yeah. But each person has uh, their own quality. You know, they, they have different uh, ability, really. Yeah. So you cannot really... Um, and the challenge is, like, you don't know that person, you know, you're hiring. So yeah. it's difficult to, to, to start, I think. Yeah. To see each other. What do you think, Nika? Yes. I hear you. You've... You've, I've watched you. So for those of you that, don't, that are watching, Nika is our chief marketing officer. Um, no, she is the chief marketing officer at two companies because that's how awesome she is. She's, uh, she runs marketing for Nimsy Insights, and she also runs um, marketing for our sister company, Multilingual Media. And you've, you've had an interesting year when it comes to hiring and people yeah. management. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Uh, there's so many points that are brought up here so far in this conversation. One of them was being education. One of them was being um, uh, joining a, a new team. And I think I would like to add, Carrie, to what you were saying is that you you want a person who, who, when you're hiring somebody, you want somebody who wants to be part of your team. You know, for for a lot of people, especially now, when you're really reflecting remote and things have changed in your life probably you're reflecting like how do I want to live my life so before COVID hit we kind of had the day starts you have work and then you end work and then you continue with your life and now I, I'm also talking to lots of people and asking them how their days have been changing if they haven't been remote we at NIMSI have have been remote it's, it's kind of been in our culture but right or, you know, now work, work and life boundaries have been interesting, right? So what boundaries? Hiring now you have work and life boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> but 
Um, I've, I've, a friend of mine is um, not, not in this industry at all. He runs a, a, a small business, but he's hiring right now their startup. And I heard one of the questions that he asked um, the candidate was about her personal work-life balance and how does she bring that into the job. Mm. So I, I guess I'm bringing all of this up is because when you're hiring a person to a team, especially when your team has seen changes recently, like because you're now remote or whatever the situation is in the last, in the last year, you want to make sure that the, the people you're hiring, they want to be part of your team, that they understand what, what that looks like, what the culture looks like. So it, it's, it, it's interesting when you're hiring people. Um, recently, we've uh, grown at NIMSY. So with the new marketing team that I'm running, I want to always make sure that they that they understand why we're we're implementing certain strategies because you want to make sure that the people are really integrated to your team. So when you're hiring for project managers, it, it, it for localization project managers, you, you want to make sure that that person really gels with your team as well because it's more than just it's more than just a job. It's whatever you bring to the team. And if you treat the position like a job, your culture is going to be like a job. But if you treat it like a like a, a new space, and again, spaces are being redefined now, then then you can you, you can ask those kinds of questions in interviews as well. So my two cents there. Yeah. I, you bring up yeah. a great point, too, about... I think one thing that we forget as hiring managers is that every new hire that you have on your team has something to teach you as well, has something to add, or at least should, uh, something to add to the company culture. And that to me is really exciting about hiring new people, not just like, like, like when we bring somebody on, on board, I don't immediately think, oh, oh crap, how am I going to train these people? How long is it going to take? How much work is that going to take? What goes through my head is, oh, sweet. I wonder like what this person has to bring to the table. I wonder how this person's mm-hmm. going to help round out my team, whether that's mm-hmm. you know, the team at NIMSI, um, the team at Multilingual, or, or whatever, because invariably they do. They have something to add. Yeah, and we're an industry of really interesting people with really interesting histories. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah we're, we're all united by the by the same passion. That's how we got into this. But this is why why when I think about hiring and haven't been in hiring positions myself, I uh, I would almost treat the resume as as fluff. You know, the certifications, the education, and all that. I do understand that you need it, and depending on the technicality of the of the position, there's a certain you know level of requirement that you need to have but to me it's all about the intangibles and maybe this is just a personal kind of way of looking at it having gone through sales where i learned on the fly and i learned to appreciate the value of learning to ask questions Mm -hmm. and sharpening and having that inquisitive mind Mm -hmm. and and kind of working on my curiosity that's what i'm looking at you know looking for in, in candidates is you know, teach me, point out my mistake. And to your point, Tucker, when we're having these onboardings and the, one of the best things that can happen is that person pointing out to you, oh, maybe you should be doing this instead of this, right? Like mm-hmm. teaching you, you know, pointing out to you your own mistakes. Um, but that's to me the value of the intangibles, really the, the asking the right questions and showing you you're curious about the company, about you have ideas, mm-hmm. you know, demonstrating all of those things is extremely important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Gabriel, I, I'd also like to add that when 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 you're hiring somebody, right, you you're giving them an opportunity to contribute to an entire new company, to new goals and everything that comes with working for a company. So you're not just hiring to fill a role, but you're putting somebody into your space, <laughs> the motif, into your space where you give them an opportunity to bring everything, all of their experience to this new space where you're working and collaborating together. So, yeah, so you want to you wanna make sure it's somebody who's bringing something really interesting and is motivated to, to be part of your team. 
to your point, Nika, I feel this is the, the part of the hiring process that is maybe you know not being talked about enough is the role of the hiring managers to kind of convey the spirit of the company, because it can be uh, intimidating almost. You're joining a big multinational on MLV, right, and you know you're going to be just a name on the on a sheet somewhere, you know, among ex employees. Um, but that's where uh, during the I think hiring managers have a critical role to play is to kind of convey, you know, like what it is that the company does, how they do it, you know, to to foster that engagement also and that that enthusiasm almost so that person brings it, you know, every single day. Yeah. Yeah, and all all very hard things to to understand in an interview. I um I am a horrible hiring manager, I think, because I don't put in the work. I don't check the references. I don't um, vet people as much as I should. And I think probably one of the reasons I don't is because I've done all of that before. Like, I've done everything right. I've called the references. I've really looked into them. And they still end up being bad hires. And it takes six to nine months minimum, in my experience, to really understand if you made a bad hire. And that's why I say it's a lot easier to um, to hire someone than it is to let go of them. Because, I don't know, like once you, you know, having to let go of people, is, as a manager, you feel a certain responsibility and you feel a certain amount of um, disappointment, I would say. Because, you know, part of the manager's job is to help their, their people succeed. And if, it, one of the ways that you can do that is by making the right hires because if you're picking people that you aren't going to be able to help, then you're not doing anybody any favors. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, and, and, and I just want to kind of put it in this conversation into perspective. We're all in an environment where we started off as, as a startup, so we have the mentality of growth growth all the time um which is great it's also has its own challenges right but that's where we are right there might be other companies who have very different approaches and have a much more mechanical approach to things but as a person who's interviewing for a company you also want to be aware of those kinds of things what kind of space you're getting yourself into right Right. but just kind of to put it into perspective this is the this is the mentality that we have at nimsy right and at multilingual is that we want to grow, grow. Yeah. At, at Nimsy, just a second, second what you're saying, but at Nimsy, you know, it's like the shirt, third shameless plug, um, ulterior motive <laughs> for this is we are hiring. We're always looking for people here at Nimsy and looking for smart people. And we just, the reason I keep showing this we're hiring asset that Nika put together, it looks lovely. But the reason I keep, um, showing is because it's new we've never had a uh, careers page we've never I think we've done some advertisement for hiring salespeople but we've never had that problem of going out and trying to find people and one of the reasons for that is because we get referrals so how, how do you how do you get people we just through our network right is what we've what we've been looking yeah. for now it, so LinkedIn, you know, just people come and it's one of those things, you know, the more people that you, you bring on board, the bigger your, your corporate, your organizational network is, right? So um, I engage with people all the time on LinkedIn and I'm, I'm constantly, as, as a manager, owner, um, I'm constantly proactively scout, um, looking for talent. I don't wait for people to contact me. I look, wait for, um, I, I reach out to people. So if I see someone on LinkedIn, and here, here's what I do. I'll tell you what I do. So if you're out there and you're looking for a localization project manager job, hear it from me because I hire people in the field of localization, and this is what I look for. When, when I see you, uh, the first thing I do is I want to see if you can write. I want to see if you can communicate. So I'm looking at your LinkedIn posts. I'm looking yeah. at your LinkedIn articles. If you're not publishing LinkedIn articles, you, eh, think about it. Um, think about doing it. I'm publishing. I'm looking at any blogs you run. I just reached out to. I was just talking to someone yesterday, and I said, "Look, like we haven't even met yet. Let's set up a time to talk." I've already looked at your blog. It's awesome. You're a good writer. You're a good communicator. So. 
that is one of one of my um, things that I do. What about you, Kyrie? Like, what are you what are you mm -hmm. looking for? How do you find people out there? Um, actually, we we've been looking for people like uh, for quite a while. Then I think yes, we. I still, I still like to work with them. Hi, Michael. You know, like not remotely, just you know, on site. So people living around here yeah, that understand Japanese is not very easy to to find. Yeah. So we hired like few Japanese people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Japanese native speaker. Yes. Then, yes, just just by chance we find one, one, two, three, then just grew. And this time we found people through the job center in um, in France. Oh. They have like um, how do you call it? Like a job job. Not it's it's like a, a organization that the government prepare for the people. Yeah. Mm. Because yeah. And we had a, we had some. <laughs> I think the government gave us like uh, some support. Yeah, because of the COVID. Uh, COVID, yeah. COVID support. Thank God for that, right? Thank God for that. We've had some really good programs here in the U.S. in the last year that have helped companies oh, keep good employees on. And uh, here, here at NIMSI, we're we're very grateful for for um, any any help that we can get. And we've we've also participated in some programs that have helped us keep not only yeah. keep keep people on but keep growing through. Through 2020, um, all of those unfortunate circumstances. What I have a question for you, Carrie. What is the cultural component here? Because I've, I've I'm always fascinated. I'm fascinated by Japanese culture because I don't know much about it. And <laughs> you being the expert, are there considerations? Uh, what are the different considerations when hiring um, a Japanese resource, um, a cultural cultural Japanese? Um, resource versus um, an American or somebody else. Uh, yeah, like Europeans. <laughs> like Europeans, yeah, like Europeans. Mm, I think you know people living here, living in France or living in this area, as Japanese is quite difficult to find. <laughs> so already it's very difficult to find Japanese people because of population, but. Mm. Yes, I think generally people, uh, the Japanese people live, live abroad. They speak good level of English already. No, okay. And of course, French, etc. No. So, but um, we had uh, some people who, who I thought it was very good, but actually wasn't really a good fit. Um, yeah, I told you I'm like a horrible manager. I'm a horrible hiring manager too. So yeah, yeah. I mean, sh I hired Gabriel. Like a... Look how that turned out. Uh, <laughs> major mistake. Yeah. Twice, I think. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You, you keep Gabriel repeating twice. the mistakes. Exactly. You keep repeating the mistakes. Oh, uh, well, I, we hired Nika too, and Nika is uh, sorry to put you on the spot here, Nika, but you are you're a huge success story because we hired you straight out of Middlebury Institute. Monterey um, when you were still a student there and here's when you're finishing up your mm -hmm. master's program and yeah. I, I'm very very happy and I, I tell this I still teach at, at Miss um, teach some workshops down there and I tell this to my students all the time it's like this is what happens when you are proactive and let's look go over this like why did we hire Nika we hired Nika part-time as a writer because she could write what did i just say when when i'm looking for someone when i'm like doing my candidate stalking and i do i get stalkerish like scrub mm. your online profiles because there's weirdos like me that will find stuff out there um nikas is quite clean but she can write and so we hired her and it took me not that long it took me a couple months to realize this girl is I'm sorry. This woman is is. I want to. I want to. I don't want her leaving because the idea was like, oh yeah, come write for us, and then when you graduate, you can go get a real job. And she didn't know this, but I decided I was going to go on a campaign to convince her to stay at NIMSI. 
And so I just kissed, kissed her butt for six months straight, um, made sure she was happy. And now that we got her, now that we got her under contract, I don't care if she's happy anymore. She can. <laughs> So Tucker, I'm giving you my two weeks notice. Okay, all right. Everybody. Here, here on the live stream. Um, yeah. It's time to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so thank you for that introduction, Tucker. Yeah, I was a student in this. Um, I was getting my master's in uh, translation localization uh, management. And um, I was working multiple jobs, and Tucker and Renato were teaching at one of, the, one of our courses there. And I kind of wanted to be a, a, a researcher, writer for NIMSI. And NIMSI was just starting out this decision. Mm -hmm. This was like in 20, you guys were there 2019? 2018? I've been working my ass off for like a year, so just starting out. But yeah. <laughs> no, but we, 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 we knew about NIMSI at that point. Sure, sure, sure. sure. And so um, I was interested in marketing and uh, we needed some help with marketing. And then we just kept growing and uh, growing, <laughs> and I'm, I'm still here. And the rest is history. And can I use can I use yeah, your sizzle reel one more time? We're hiring. What was it? We're still growing. I'm using your sizzle reel one more time. <laughs> You're using my sizzle. Well, um, yeah. It, there's always something new happening, and for me personally, um, that's very important in a in a workplace. It's not necessarily for everybody, mm -hmm. but for me, it was, and, and that's the opportunity that I saw. <laughs> yeah, and that's, I love that about this so, industry. Always something new, always a new challenge to, to solve. I do want to um, get back to the data here. Why? Because, 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 because <laughs> um, we're running out of time. I do have a meeting at 11, you know, so in about 15 minutes that I want to get to. And I want, this brings us quite nicely into the last point, the last couple points here. We talked about how important it is to um, previous experience generally. We talked about previous experience specialized in localization. We talked about college degrees generally. We talked about college degrees specialized in localization. We talked about certifications. Mm -hmm. Now I want to talk about reputation and referrals from colleagues. And this to me is, you know, when I say, Kaori, you asked earlier, like, how do you guys find people? And I said, well, through our network. And that's kind of what I'm talking about here. So do they come with a good referral? Do they come with a good reputation? Um, do you check referrals? Because this one here looks like the um, second to most important aspect here for both client side and vendor side um, hiring managers for project managers Second only to, which is going to bring us back full circle to what we talked about at the beginning, second only to, oh no, this is, um, yeah, second only to multilingual in other languages besides English, which surprisingly is the number one trait that people are looking for when hiring a localization project manager. But let's talk about that referrals first. Gabriel, how do you go about getting referrals? Do you do that, or are you like me, where you're oh, just yeah. like, oh yeah, you look nice. I'll believe everything that you put in your cover letter without checking anything. I'm not like you, sorry. Uh, <laughs> so but, now everyone's um, going to start sending their resumes to me instead of you. Exactly. I think there's an element of you know it's a complicated process to to hire to find someone and to hire them, and it, you know. I, I don't want to generalize, but you're almost looking for shortcuts and, you know, during this process because it's so time consuming. And I, I do think that reaching out to your network and asking, you know, do you know people that that is a shortcut in a way, or even for me, even before I ask for referrals is I look at my uh, network of previous colleagues and, and people I worked with in previous jobs, because I have that firsthand knowledge. And that's just a solution that is easy to me uh, during this complicated process. So I continuously look at people I've met, I work with, um, and and have that experience with, uh, because that speeds it, speeds it up for me. And and I do believe that's a very powerful mm -hmm. tool. Um, there's also the element of validation. You know, Tucker, you mentioned it several times. It's a, it's difficult. It's there's a lot of uncertainty. You're not sure who you're hiring. Hmm. So I I do think that uh, you 
inevitably, whether we're doing that consciously or not, we're seeking validation for our choices. And mm. someone else telling us that, yes, this is a good person, go ahead and hire them. That That is, you know, someone else telling you that, you know, you're doing the, you're making the right decision. Um, so there's that mm -hmm. to it, I think. Good point. Okay, Ari, do you have any, or James? Yes, we used to. Yeah. Sorry to put you on the spot. I'm not oh, sorry to put you on the spot. Okay. You're on stage. What 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 do you think? What are you uh, <laughs> what are you looking for? Uh, are you, do you, do you check referrals from people when you get a new um, someone who has applied? Like, do you call their past bosses and say, "Hey, what's up? Talk to me." No, I don't think so. This time we went through um, the job job center. That's right. That's what uh, they do all that for you. Previous right? hiring is just by chance so <laughs> I don't know timing really. I think you could check out the person on the, on the spot when you interview them you see how they interview and uh, that usually gives you a good indication yeah talk about that James talk about the interview like what do you look for because I, I totally agree with you by the way I think there's a lot that can be communicated non-verbally like just getting on a video chat mm -hmm. or preferably meeting someone in person shaking their hand remember that remember when we used to shake hands with people that we'd never met before <laughs> like yeah. that was weird um but you know i, I kind of come from i'm kind of old school the kind of guy who thinks you can judge a lot about a person by their handshake what do you think about that yeah definitely yeah i, I go with that um, I mean, you know, everything on paper, it's like when you write something, you, you spend some time and you can manipulate it and you can get it just right. But until you get them on the spot and you meet them and you say, shake the hand, uh, you don't really know yeah. what, what this person is about. And it doesn't take too long for you to suss out, you know, okay, this person is really shy or this person just doesn't fit into this or this person has really strong views about ABC. Um, and then you can gauge, you know, how it goes. Uh, in France, of course, you have three months where there's a trial period. So you, you, you've got a bit of time as well. Um, I mean, one meeting isn't enough, but you can tell, you know. Yeah. I'd say so. I'd say so. I mean, we had, uh, for example, mm -hmm. we had one, one lady, she came um, and she had really good CV and excellent, lots of experience, project manager, all the rest. And I brought her into the room with the other project managers. And you know when two cats meet, and they don't like each other. They, oh my God. Yeah. They both, they both stop and they stare and nobody moves. It, it was like that. And then the air got really, really thick. And like I was, I said, right, I better get my knife out and cut this air. And, and you know, and then, and then I knew straight away she wasn't right, you know. Mm. But everything else was fine. The interview was fine. Her CV was fine. Her experience was fine. But, you know, that hurdle was meet the team. And straight away, <laughs> she, she wouldn't fit in. <laughs> Cultural fit's huge. Cultural fit is, I dare say, as important, if not more important, than um, skills. Because skills... You know, cultural fit and like baseline, yeah. just intelligence. Can you learn new things like IQ, right? So if you're a good cultural fit, and that doesn't mean a culture is the reason I say cultural fit instead of like being a positive person is because, you know, not every company has a positive culture, right? A positive person would be <laughs> yes. alive, right? Mm -hmm. So you need to find someone that's right for your company. And, you know, to, to people out there that are looking for jobs, like I talk to a lot of folks out there, um, try to make connections, uh, people that are looking for jobs. And what I always say is like, look, like job hunting is an exercise in rejection and it sucks. So like, let's just recognize that right now because it's not you, like you're getting, you're applying for dozens of jobs, you're getting rejected or you're just not getting a call back. It's not you. It's just, you know, that's that's the game. It sucks. You got to play it. Don't don't stop though. Don't stop because all it takes is one. All it takes is one. So, hi Jared, thanks for joining us here. I yeah. I think we're we're going to start wrapping it up here. Um 
Teori, James. Thanks for popping into our Twitter spaces today. That was fun. It would have been pretty lonely up here without you guys. We should Yeah, do, thanks very much. Yeah, we should like organize right. something and like do co-host one of these live streams, you know. Just I don't yeah, want to put you on the spot, but nice. you guys got some interesting stuff going on over there. Let's talk about it. Let's do it on a live stream. Let's bring yeah. some people up on stage and and explore this Twitter spaces that this is our first time doing it. So for yeah, the... me too, me too. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what is this? I just press the button and it's like, oh. That was my first experience with it too. Yeah, so, and Great. before you know Great. it, now you're live on LinkedIn for the whole world to see. Don't worry, not that many people are watching because we don't, we, do, we didn't announce this because we didn't know how well it was gonna go. But um, right. okay, let, let me play thanks us out here, guys. If uh, if you're watching this, if you made it all the way through the end, thanks for joining the social experiment with us. Um, thank you to Kaori and James for joining us up on stage. Thank you to Nimsy and Multilingual Media Chief Marketing Officer, Nika Alaverdi. Looking forward to seeing you on site next week. Thank you for the good conversation. Thank yeah. you. Gabriel, thank you. Thank you for thanks. those of you. Thanks, James. Thank you. Just to wrap, wrap up the stream here as people are filing out of the clubhouse. Um, if you're not already subscribed, make sure to go ahead and subscribe to Nimsy Insights. That's the only way that you're going to get notified of these things. As they go live, we don't announce them. Um, what we try to do is just add value in real time. You never know when it's going to be coming because, hey, who's got time to sign up for webinars these days? Just pop into a live stream, see what's going on pop on over to Twitter spaces, come up on stage. If you've got an idea for a future session or if you'd like to be a co-presenter, let me know. DM me on LinkedIn. That's probably the best way to get a hold of us. Once again, Nimsy Insights, we are a market research and consulting company specialized in but not exclusive to language services, which means translation, internationalization, globalization, go-to-market, international user experience research. Um, we help a lot of different companies, both on the brand side, you know, your big Silicon Valley folks, and we do a lot of work with, I want to say, more modest-sized LSPs and agencies because, because we love you guys, because we love this industry, and we like being a part of it. We like to give back. So with that, big thanks to Gabriel. Gabriel, give us, you, give us the closing thoughts for today. Oh my goodness, putting me on the spot. I am going to put um, you on the spot. What's the one thing hiring yeah. managers need to hear and what's the one thing that um, interviewees, candidates need to hear? For, for interviewees, I'm, I'm going to uh, you know, copy-paste your, your thought there, which, which rings true, and that is don't get discouraged. This is the long game you're playing. Um, and for hiring managers, um, try looking beyond what's on the paper, as James was saying. Uh, obviously, it's more complicated these days with online, but look look for the intangibles. Look for people with curious, inquisitive minds, especially when, when it comes to project managers, people who can talk, who are not afraid to talk. And yeah, good luck, I guess, for both sides. That's a great soundbite. Oscar, if you're watching that, snip it up. With that, thank you very much, guys. We'll see you all next time. Thank you. Thank Ciao. you. Have a good one. Thank you. Bye.